0: This episode of 12 Pack Radios is made possible by Nextiva, the official communications partner of the Pac-12 and the best business phone service as chosen by US News and World Report. Nextiva helps companies all over the Pac-12, especially UCLA, am I right? Am I right? Stay connected with customers and coworkers using one easy-to-use app. Get Nextiva for your business and get business phone service, video conferencing, team chat, call reporting, and more, all for a fraction of what you would pay for those services separately. Make great calls. Every day. Visit nextiva.com slash 12 pack to get started. Nextiva.com slash 12 pack to get started. Oh,
1: South Kakalaka! Don't you dare be sour! Clap for your world famous two time champs and feel the power! It's a new game, yes it is! For 12 pack radio, get excited, y'all.
0: Welcome back, everyone, to 12 Packer Radio, your podcast source for Pac-12 football news, the home of the beta Rank college football statistical model, and your home for Pac-12 gambling advice. With William Hills, Max Meyer, this is Brian Conger. Bring your ass on, Rob. Bring it on with your sissy blue shirt. I'm so excited. I'm so excited about this week. It was a wild, wild time in the Pac-12. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. If you want to listen to the podcast weekly, subscribe to the show on Twitter. Uh, well, you subscribe on Twitter at 12-Pack Radio. You can subscribe on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, any podcast catcher. We are there. And I am joined, as always, by the guru of statistics, Beta Rank College Football statistical model, Mr. Rob Barron of Sharp College Football. Rob, how are you, sir? Doing well.
1: I'm uh, I- I'm excited. This-, this should be a really fun I mean last week was fun for maybe not for some teams but fun nonetheless (laughs) I honestly like can you remember the last time around college football that so many teams just played badly in week one I mean like other than Alabama right and I mean like Texas had a pretty good week too but like so many teams played so so badly
0: oh it's crazy I mean so I was in Las Vegas this week watching all of the games I was in the sports book for the the majority of Saturday and to watch Oklahoma struggle with Tulsa um, to to see some of the scores. Unfortunately I wasn't there for Pac-12 after dark because I was at the Arizona BYU game, but uh, you're right nationally just to kind of see teams really start me that that uh, I had money on Penn State and they were playing Wisconsin and that was just you know slappers only on N sixty four like it was just such a slug to go through that game. You had uh, no touchdowns scored uh, by one of the teams in Clemson in Georgia. I mean it was just a real real slow. Uh, walk outside the gate, and then you just watch Alabama just beat the tar out of, out of Miami. I mean, that was wild, and, and you saw it in the Pac twelve too, right? Oregon struggled to stop Fresno State. Obviously, we have we'll have some games we'll be talking about. Don't worry, Washington fans, we'll get there. We'll get there. Uh, but yeah, it was it was a bizarre a bizarre week altogether, and probably the most wild. I have seen a week in the Pac 12. I mean, just all up and down the board. You had great, you had high highs and low lows, just like, uh, you know, Anna Green Gables, Rob. It was was a crazy week.
1: Yeah. I mean, it really felt like that there were no in betweens, right? I mean, you could argue, I think maybe. Maybe USC had a bit of an in-between. I mean, they certainly handled what we thought would be a pretty good San Jose State team. I mean, maybe the teams that played FCS teams just sort of like met expectations, but nearly everyone else uh, either just blew expectations out of the water or totally missed expectations in a bad way.
0: I think that that highlights how lower expectations are for USC, right? I mean, like, and I know, I know San Jose State was a, a pretty quality team. And I mean, I, I laid those 14 points, but I mean, that game, what was it? A one, one possession game going into the fourth quarter. I I just thought, I mean, like USC is what it is. And I mean, we'll, we'll get into that, but after, I mean, it's just like that, those are my expectations. It's like, man, I really hope USC covers a 14 point spread against San Jose state at home. (laughs) Like It's just really, really low expectations for the Trojans as they roll into what should be a fascinating Pac-12 South race. Uh, Rob, th- we have so-, so I was going to go into news, but there really isn't a ton of news. We're hoping that Kayvon Thibodeau gets better. It seems like he's going to be out against Ohio State. That is just a monster story for Oregon because it was just so fun to see him back on the screen. And um, it was funny because they had the Oregon game on one of the small TVs and I'm like, who is that ginormous man? That is so much oh, up. Yep. That's cave on Thibodeau. <laughs> and he was yeah. already in the backfield and, um, and just that injury there is a big deal. Any other news that, Rings because we got so many games to go through. No, I think we got to. I think we got to get into it. Otherwise, we're going to be here for two hours because non-conference. There's so many games. <laughs> All right. Well, here's here's a question for you. And I think this is like this is one of those questions that kind of define your personality or your character because there, there's just so many different ways to go. What game, Rob? Do you want to start with first? <laughs> because each one of these games are so freaking bonkers. <laughs> there's,
1: but there's almost like. <clears throat> Do we want to save the chaos? Like, I I kind of do. So let's, I'm going to, I'm going to order this as like uh, a meal and let's get through the appetizers, which is like the FCS games.
0: Okay. All right. Well, let, let's start with Utah. We'll go in order here. But, um, you know, Utah 40, Weber State 17. Frankly, th- this was a game where it was nice to see Utah pull away a little bit later. But in the beginning, it, it just seemed. There's, there was a little bit of a little bit of a stretching and the cracking of necks, and it just kind of seemed like Utah just didn't quite get there in the beginning. You have Charlie Brewer, nineteen for twenty seven, two hundred thirty yards, you know, two touchdowns and a pick. Um, it, it was interesting. I was really curious to see who he was going to throw to. And surprise, surprise, it was a tight end. But it was the, the USD transfer. Dalton Kincaid actually had the most receiving yards. I thought that was of note. He had two touchdowns in that game. Um, so it seems like yeah. they have four to seven great tight ends there at Utah. I thought the rushing offense was fascinating, right? Because you had the LSU transfer. Um, I think there was a Texas kid. I forget the other transfer. I have to go back into my notes, but it was the Cincinnati transfer to Tavion Thomas that ended up with the majority of the carries, 12 for 107, two touchdowns, nine yards per carry. And then you had Micah Bernard kind of uh, pulling up the caboose on a carry load there where I really thought it was going to be the SEC Southern kind of transfers that were going to make the, the splash. What what did you think about this game here in terms of Utah? And uh, you know, there's not a lot to project into the future with an FCS team, but um, you know, it's always nice to see some of these tidbits and just kind of put them back in the file. I mean, I would
1: say like, if you're a Utah fan, the takeaway here is, I mean, I, I thought that they did pretty well coming back off that lightning delay. Um, And they, they checked the boxes, right? Like, I mean, they looked competent on offense against an FCS team. They looked very good on defense. I thought, you know, like, I, I, I don't know that I, I'm not going to take, I'm not going to take anything away other than like thus far, Utah has not done worse than I thought they were going to do on either side of the ball. Right? Like, I think that they're going to like, I think the offense has a shot still to really improve on where they were last year. And I think the defense could be really
0: yeah, and to be clear, you know, I've been uh, making jokes about like uh, just how much I like Brewer. Like, I don't think he's going to be a a Heisman candidate or anything. I just think he's going to yeah. be—he's exactly what. This is why I like him. He's exactly what Whittingham wants, right? He wants somebody that's going to be able to manage the offense, maybe hit a big pass every once in a while, make good decisions, and just keep that ball rolling. And the fact that they have Ludwig, that is, has already opened the offense more. Like that—that's kind of why I bought into that situation, and I'm pretty excited to see yeah. what he does against BYU um, next week, and we'll, we'll definitely talk about that. Uh, you mentioned the defense, Rob—the passing defense, right? They gave up 200, 213 yards, uh, touchdown and a pick. That—that's pretty decent. I love the rush defense, right? 30 rushes for five, 57 yards, right? They held Weaver State yeah. to like less than two yards per carry. That's pretty solid. I mean, that's kind of, you know, Solomon Ennis had had his, he had four receptions for 62 in a touchdown, but I mean, that was kind of all I took away. is like, okay, all right. Like we aren't in panic zone. Like, you know, this, this Utah yeah. team's going to be better as the season goes along. So pretty excited about that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And they get, they get a fun matchup this week in the, in the Holy
0: War. They're going to beat the crap out of BYU. We'll get that. We'll get to that later. Uh, so one of the things I should mention, Rob, is I'm going to try a different way of doing this show to start. I think we're just going to go plow through the results and then go into the, uh, the games for next week. So, uh, and we might even split this into two, but, but I'm excited to talk about Utah BYU. Uh, but let, let's go into the next game here. ASU 41, Southern Utah 14, all the penalties, Rob, like you got a penalty. I got a penalty. <laughs> Antonio Pierce got like 17 penalties and they weren't on the field. Am I right? Am I right? No, this is uh, an interesting, this is an interesting game. It took ASU some, some time to kind of, uh, you know, get their sea legs. And and if you're going to be just torched for 15 penalties or whatever it was uh, best be done during an FCS game rather than, you know, the real deal.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is, this is the, the time to get that, to get that out of your system because Southern Utah had no shot in this game whatsoever. Right. I mean, they're, you know, they were, they, they were likely going to be able or not going to be able to, to do much against the ASU team. And they didn't, you know, like Jane Daniels was 10 of 12. I don't think he, I don't think we saw him do nearly any, I mean, and that's fine. Like you, yeah. if you're ASU, you don't necessarily want to put Anything on tape that you you know you're gonna to want to run later on.
0: You save that for UNLV. You you make sure Andy Avalos <laughs> has that uh, has you know is, is going Ooh into boy. that game blind. <laughs> no, but I, I feel you, a, yeah.
1: <laughs> that's a cotton candy. they had a cotton candy cotton on con this year. But yeah, I mean there's just you know, like you get like they're they're they, they ran the ball really well. Yeah. Um Daniels wasn't asked to do a lot. Um, you know, like they they spread the ball around to their sort of you know talented, you know, pass catchers, but Nobody had a a really big night. They didn't really have to, you know, I mean, it was just a, it was just an all around performance. I also felt like, you know, like if you look at the yardage here, like it it doesn't really like Herm. I mean, they were scoring, you know, so often, like, you know, Herm Herm wasn't exactly like trying to, to, you know, rush to the line of scrimmage and get the plays called.
0: Well, and and that's something to to keep in mind as they go against UNLV. That's a pretty big spread there. I think one of the things that Max always talked about that was really good – advice was, man, just Herm Herman, those large spreads, right? He just wants to win that game and move on to the next one. And they did that here where six touchdowns on the ground, 222 yards. And they're like, Hey, Jane Daniels, you know, just do whatever. And then we'll, we'll, uh, we'll just hand it off over and over again. Love the defense though, too. Right. Uh, another game where the Pac-12 held an FCS team to under hundred yards of 78 in this one against Southern Utah. And then the passing defense uh, held them under 150 yards too. So, I mean, they outside, outside of the penalties, I think ASU took care of business. They did what they needed to do. And um, and frankly, I think I think we're going to see a similar result against UNLV until they really start uh, to turn up the noise when they start playing a conference season. I forget, what's their third non-conference game? Is it BYU? Oh, gosh. Yeah, I think, I think it is. Yeah, they won't play <laughs> September 25th is when they get Colorado. So yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I think it's just going to be... You're right. I mean, it's going to be pretty soft for a while, but... Uh, anyway, yep. they, they, they did what they needed to do. And so did Colorado here, Rob, you know, 35, yeah. uh, to Northern Colorado, seven, you know, Brandon Lewis, 10 for 15, you know, about seven yards a pass, a touchdown, no picks, which is good. 44 yards on the ground too. But th- you know, it's so funny. You take a look at the stats in both of these games and they're like very similar where it's like quarterback did exactly what they needed to do. And then, um, and then a, a, a an explosion and party on the ground, Rob.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Like
0: they, they were able to
1: run the ball. Um, you know, when they wanted uh, coming into this game. And really, I mean, if you're Colorado, you know, again, like they now they do have a game coming up against A&M. So (laughs) they definitely didn't want to have to put anything on tape that they wanted to save for the A&M game. Um, You know, didn't, you know, didn't ask Lewis to do anything that, you know, might, uh, you know, he might not be able to do uh, build up his confidence going into that A&M game, but they ran the ball really well. Um, They did a really good job shutting down Colorado or Northern Colorado's rushing attack um
0: 20 yards
1: then, <laughs> I know <laughs> um and then you know after that it's you know McCaffrey you know he threw he threw the ball around a lot but you know he, he had a pretty tough night 24 or 42 yeah I, I thought but that Northern just... Colorado is like a full rebuild at this point too within the FCS
0: oh yeah I mean it's his dad too right that was that was what it was yeah. I was just laughing I was oh, I totally forgot about that um you know shout out to Jarek Broussard Another great game, and we'll be saying that over and over again this year. The thing that was interesting for me is a shot Clayton. uh, Eight carries, 51 yards. I think the fact that you have somebody like Alex Fontenot, who is your, you know, I mean, he had more carries, or the same amount of carries as Clayton, but man, they they have some good running backs there. I like Fontenot, and the fact that he was kind of, you know, third in line, basically, uh, in terms of production this week is, I think it's quite telling of the type of talent they have there that's going to be running the ball.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think Colorado does have some talented backs and we'll certainly get to see. I mean, against AM whether their their uh, their rushing offense holds up again.
0: Okay. So, now we're now we're in the Big Boy games. And uh, and good luck to, you know, all the teams that decided to to play down to their talent. God bless you, you know, get get the kinks out here. Um but now we have the the games against the the real teams here, Rob. Is there a particular game that you want to cover first? <laughs> I mean I ki-
1: I kind of want to cuz I I mean I had I had someone I had someone go out of their way to repeatedly tell me <clears throat> I was an idiot for having UCLA projected anywhere near ASU. Love it and told me that I, and, t- and told me that I didn't know anything about the conference and that I needed to watch more, <laughs> more actual football.
0: So so, so I-, I
1: would like to start with the UCLA
0: Bruins, <laughs> heck yeah! In their, I, in their sissy blue shirts. Oh my gosh, I am all in. I mean, like, well, I wouldn't say I'm all in, but like, we, I was, I was a skeptic, right? Because, and you and I have just been, and I, I get it, right? If if you don't actually watch the conference, and um, and, and you're and you're criticizing, <laughs> right? I think that's kind of where it's, oh, you know, UCLA. I was still a skeptic because. I really yeah, wanted. It was to, a
1: weird year last year.
0: Yeah, it was bizarre, and their games were close, and their defense yeah. was better, and DTR wasn't making ginormous mistakes. But still, you just—I just looked at that team, and I thought, "My goodness, I—I I don't know—is this COVID? Is it like with or are, are they going to be able to get a, a push up front? And they've done—and it's not just these last two games, right? It's—it's it's, we have a sample size of eight now, where you know they went three and three last year, and they looked better. Now we go into a new season, they they take care of business and just make Hawaii look awful. And I'm like, all right, right, all right, whatever. But that's what good teams are supposed to do is you you take care of business, you make the other team look silly, and you move on. And this was that there was just so much about this game. You had a interesting rushing offense from LSU that Oh my gosh, like I think that's the thing that stood out for me most. Like UCLA held LSU to like 24 carries and 47 yards, which is freaking bonkers. Um, Yeah. Our biggest key to the game, at least for me, was you know, I I didn't expect much from the outside and we didn't see that, but it was more can LSU stop Greg Dulcich? And the answer was no. Um, <laughs> and, uh, we, we were more bullish on LSU's rush defense than I think some of the national folks. And, uh, and I might have to take a look back at that because holy Moses, 260 yards on the ground, uh, Zach Charbonnet looked great yet again. He averaged 10 yards of carry Britton Brown. You know, we just talked about Colorado where it's like, you know, Alex Fontenot is your number two. I mean, Britton Brown is the number two here for UCLA and he almost had a hundred yards. I mean, this was like UCLA was straight up the better team. If they play this again, I think UCLA wins again. And that's yeah. amazing. It's amazing for the conference. Yeah, I mean, I
1: I think I, I I don't think we were necessarily wrong to expect LSU to have a very good run defense. And we I I think over the season they may still turn out to have one. I think UCLA has a really and I say this is like I for a while I've been banging the drum that like Ryan Day at Ohio State has probably the most advanced sophisticated run scheme in college football. But Chip Kelly is not far behind. (laughs) Like, I mean, if you follow X and O nerd Twitter, like everyone was just gushing about Kelly's run design, both in week one against Hawaii when they didn't pull everything out of the hat. Um, And I think what we thought coming into this game, like we thought like they'd open up a little bit more in the passing game, Um, and that's what they were sort of holding back. They held back some run scheme, um, you know, for this, uh, for this game in particular. Um, and Kelly looks, I mean, it wasn't just Kelly, you know, the, the scheme with players pulling and and running, you know, like, you know, same side run with guard coming, you know, the guard pull or the center pull. um, you know, they're getting numbers at the point of attack, but UCLA was more physical. Yeah than LSU on the point of attack by a lot, right? Like it was, um, I, I came into this game thinking like UCLA was going to have to get some stuff done through the air. And, and Thompson Robinson was still pretty good, right? Yeah. Like they got, I mean, they got stuff done through the air, mostly to Dulcich, of course. Um, but he, I mean, Dulcich only had three, <laughs> three catches. <laughs> but they were awesome ones. <laughs> they were huge. I mean, 39 yards a catch. <laughs> but, you know, they just, they absolutely just dominated at the point of attack. And I, I mean, uh, look, I mean, you uh, I mean, LSU could still turn out to be pretty good. I think that they've got some working out to do two new coordinators. It was going to be a bit of a mystery with them, what they were coming in, particularly after last year. But I mean, UCLA basically, I mean, I expected uh, what we talked about, right? Like the LSU with Stingley coming back at corner was going to be able to sit and play, play some man out on, out on the edge And then maybe be able to bring down extra defenders, you know, into the run game. And it didn't matter. UCLA didn't even try to take advantage out on, you know, throwing out to the edge. They just straight up beat LSU
0: (laughs) running the football. It was amazing. So in Vegas, I took the under in this game and sweated that one out a little bit. And I was in good shape in the third quarter. And then the fourth quarter came like, whoo, buddy. Because I think it was 66. But uh, I, I didn't touch this line with a 10-foot pole. And I know a lot of the national writers were saying, you know, take, take UCLA straight up. And I just, I needed to see it. You know, I just wanted to yeah. see if they could really break out and do this. And they did. And I think one of the things long-term and That makes me so excited about this win. Is that part of the reason for my skepticism was the fact that they just haven't recruited talent. I mean, on paper, yeah, they've recruited, recruited talent on paper to UCLA. If you take a look, who's in the secondary? Who's in the the front seven? I mean, this is this is a lot of just fairly like the the ratings that you saw for UCLA could have been Colorado's recruiting rankings, and yeah. and then you and we just just trashed as an Aro for like three years. They they bring in the, the Navy the guy the Navy guy that um was more of a secondary person. But all of a sudden yeah, that front, would, yeah. Yeah, the front seven is like awesome. I mean imagine if if Kelly's gonna do this and up his recruiting by like, look, I'm I'm not expecting him to, to bring in five-star talent he might but like if if he just increases this by 25 percent and has this system like ucla is going to be really good for a while and that is really really fun for just not not just the conference but to have like just have chip kelly back and have the scheme back and i don't know it's just yeah. it's just a real i got really good vibes after this game
1: well, you don't, like, I mean, you sit there and you say, like, I mean, I don't expect Kelly to put in, like, suddenly start recruiting on, you know, like, days that aren't Tuesday or something like that. Like, he's still going to put in the same amount of effort into recruiting. But he's got a much better product to sell, right? Like, yeah. that, that he's had, like, the first couple seasons. And I think that's going to be the key, right? Like, I think that I expect them to start pulling in better guys because they, you know, they look great on the field.
0: And I, um, I anticipate LSU to be a top, Twenty team, maybe a top fifteen yeah. team. I don't think they're a top ten team. So,
1: oh yeah, I agree.
0: And, and they did have the distractions and the and the bus ride and all that stuff. But man, like even even if that wasn't there, just UCLA played the uh, in a in a way in a manner that you would expect a really good team at home to play against a top twenty opponent, and that is just a total sea change from what we've seen the last three years.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, this UCLA team is. Look, I mean, two, two, we've got two weeks, one of which against an SEC team that recruits better than anyone in the Pac-12, I think, including Oregon still at this point for the most, I mean, I would have to look at that, but it's close, right? Like LSU has NFL players at every position, maybe, but I mean close to they're going to have guys, a lot of guys drafted. Holy smokes. Like to watch UCLA just go out and just knock those guys off the ball. I mean, and the conference, I mean, <laughs> The conference needs UCLA to to be better. It, it, you know, UCLA is in a huge market. The con—I mean, this is like it, it, it would be ideal for the conference if USC would also pick up the slack. But heading into you know TV renegotiation time, like having UCLA be a compelling you know team that you want to put on TV in that huge Southern California market. Like that's a big thing for the conference. This is, this could not happen at a better time in a way.
0: Oh no, absolutely. This is a really, really big win uh, for everybody all around. And if you're a UCLA fan, like, and I realize that the UCLA fan base fan base isn't as rabid as like Washington or Utah. Um, Thanks, thanks for just being nice, right? Like I was probably one of the last skeptics. Like I don't know, man. I just need to see it. I need to see it. And they've pulled the yeah. trigger, and nobody's been like "f you" with like middle fingers and say, you know, which is sometimes what you get with other fan bases. So um, it's just been really cool and a really good story. And I'm just glad that that win happened. Uh, now they have a buy. Which if this name, if, if this name were, if this game were to happen um, in the following week, I'm like, oh no, it's a trap game. But the fact that they have a buy after this win. Is really yeah. really good for them. They really need that, and um, and I'm just kind of excited to see how they they move forward. Now you mentioned USC, Rob, so I guess we should go there in terms of like you know they need to pick up the slack. I um th- this USC San Jose game again, one possession game into the fourth quarter, um and they just USC is what it is. Um, yeah, you, you know they they this game was way closer than the score was with USC actually being able to run the ball, right? They had 176 yards on the ground, averaged about five yards of carry. Keontae Ingram was pretty solid. Malapai was was pretty good. Um, and, and they did have two wide, right? Gary Bryant was out. Brew McCoy, who knows what's going on with him with some legal issues. Um, you know, all that said, though, it just, you know, and, and, and uh, Polamau was gone. Like, so, so there were certainly injuries, which is always the case with USC. But e- even with all that, Uh, they, they were lucky to cover the spread. And I mean, I'm sure they would have won the game, but it took a pick six, uh, to really shift that momentum. And, and here we are again with USC. Like I just think Graham Harrell is a B as a offensive coordinator. And he's like, he's not gonna I mean, that that's just it. I think that's where he's going to be. And if USC wants to get to the another, like another level, I just, I've seen enough of this where I just think that they need to make a change uh, because I thought the defense was actually pretty good.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's interesting. Yeah. I mean, I thought the defense was pretty good too. I mean, Starkle, you know, like they, they, they struggle. I mean, they did struggle. I mean, San Jose state has a, had a pretty good offense last season. I don't think we're going to necessarily be talking about them at like a top 25 offense in college football, but still the fact that, you know, SC was able to shut down this offense, I think bodes really well, um, you know, for what the defense might be this season. Right. I mean, they're, they're, San San Jose State is going to have an offense as good as, you know, maybe half the Pac-12, you know, if not more. The interesting thing, though, I mean, like, as you're looking through these numbers, because San Jose State didn't have, I don't think has, like, some amazing rush defense. Sure, USC was able to run the football, but they were able, I mean, they only averaged 4.7 per carry, (laughs) you know, against the Mountain West School. (laughs) And I think that, you know, like, and Slovis, you know, I mean, he had, a, he had some decent yards, right? Like 256, but again, like only averaging, you know, 7.1, that's like, it's sort of underneath all of this, um, you know, underneath the big win, right? Like if you take away that, you know, the pick six, um, you know, this game's a lot, this game just feels a lot closer, um, you know? And like, I, and I, I definitely had San Jose state, you know, in the picks last week. Um, I, do, I still don't feel bad about that pick. I mean, I, I I think San Jose State play you know could have played better, but you know like you know it did feel like really a lot tighter. You're right, um, you know, heading into the final quarter there. I I don't know that USC and, and to your point on Harrell, like you know they ca- he called 34 runs. I mean they weren't they weren't crushing it running the ball, but uh, unlike you know say two years ago and even parts of last year, they weren't cr- I mean they weren't great throwing the ball either. I just I'm a little worried about uh what this USC offense might be this season.
0: Yeah, th- that all is true. I just do want to highlight Drake London because he is a monster. Yeah. <laughs> like oh, and yeah. he will terrify people for years to come. Um, you know, 12 receptions, 137 yards, he averaged about 11 yards a catch and and that was expected. I mean, particularly with McCoy and Bryant out, I just assumed he was I mean, I wish there was um in Vegas, I wish they had you know, the props where you can bet on the individual players because Drake London was going to have a big game in, in this in this one, and he did. Um, Taj Washington had a, a couple, you know, receptions and a touchdown, but it really was the Drake London show. With all that said, Rob, I do want to highlight the defense for USC because it was good. And, uh, you know, holding holding San Jose State to seven points, I thought was impressive. I thought they looked more cohesive. And that was with like, you know, without their you know, po- possibly all American, you know, player in the secondary out. So I just thought that this was a good, a good showing for them. And, uh, and I'm pretty excited to see what they have in store in the coming games. Yeah,
1: I, I agree there. I mean, we talked about that Orlando, you know, like he, they had an opportunity again to improve in his second season. And, and I think they likely will. And, I mean, really too, the fact that they were able to hold San Jose State to 3.6 per carrier, I thought was really good. Um, they look better than they did last year, uh, you know, in the A and B gap. So that's a good sign for them.
0: Cool. All right. Coming up, we have Oregon. We got, uh, we are talking, oh, we haven't talked about Washington. Who, who, buddy? Um, we have Arizona. We have lots of other teams and games uh, to review. And then let's do that right after this. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. the the non-conference schedule is always the worst and the best because there are so many games but it means that we have to prep for so many games and watch so many games, Rob. And uh, oh, yeah. and not, like I'm glad that we could breeze through the FCS games because we really there's just a lot of really interesting matchups that happened this week and not in the non-conference schedule and where where do you want to go next here?
1: Uh, should we do the Ducks? I mean, get the get the early games out of the way.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, Oregon 31, Fresno State 24. For a while, this looked like it was gonna be a blowout, right? Yeah. Um I think they went up fourteen oh. I was watching this game, uh, and you just kind of you just saw a lot of energy, even though this game was like at eleven a.m. So it was an early kickoff for the ducks, to be fair. Um, uh, but I just want to I just want to highlight the fact that uh Fresno State's offense is actually pretty good. <laughs> um yeah. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm still right because the the Ohio State spread is about 14 and we're going to be watching this game in the shoe next week. So, um, you know, as I'm watching this game, I'm thinking of that matchup because uh, the, the defense was uh, lackluster at the end, uh, just allowing Fresno State to move. How good do you think this offense is, Rob? I mean, there are there are certainly problems on the offense for Oregon. But how how good was that Fresno State offense in your mind? And how do you project Oregon's defense moving forward based on, you know, just allowing Fresno State to just crawl back into this game and really make it <laughs> just make a lot of Duck fans sweat in Eugene?
1: So I think I mean, so if there's a good here for Oregon is they really struggled stopping the run last year. Um, they held Fresno State to, to two point five. I mean that's counting in some sacks, but you know 2.5 per carry, that's good. I mean that that's certainly some improvement. Um, you know they're you know on you know if you take away Hainer, it's about 20 you know t- you know about 21 rushes um, in there. I, I, I think that that's a, that's a sign of improvement. I think that they're they should be better. You know the big danger of going against Ohio State is that as I mentioned earlier. Ryan day has such a strong running game that that you should feel a little bit better about, but, and I, I think Hayner and I think Kalen DeBoer, I mean, I, I mentioned, you know, like DeBoer is likely, you know, I would say within the next two years, is, is going to end up on some PAC 12 teams radar, you know, like uh, if you're looking to make a, a, you know, a coaching hire, because I think he's got Fresno state going in the right direction. Um, I think Hayner is a, is a really good quarterback there. I mean, I think that, I, I think that, that, that but <laughs> as, like they're they get to go up against probably the best wide receiver room in college football next, right? Like as as much as we talk about like the Ohio State run yeah, game and things yeah. still key off of that, Chris Olave and those other guys are still sitting there, right? Like it's gonna like I think we thought <clears throat> coming in that Oregon was gonna you know the defense might struggle against Ohio State. This certainly like opened up a whole other sort of can of worms, I think, because. Um, you know, Stroud is uh, he looks shaky at times against Minnesota, but you know, it's his first week too. You expect him to improve. I, I just, I don't know about this Oregon defense. I think the offense was, I mean, if you look at like the, like, I don't think they really tried to do a whole lot offensively. I think if you look at, I mean, if there is a concern, you know, Brown was Brown certainly missed some, Brown certainly missed some throws. Um, but unlike last year, he was mostly making the right decisions. I think he settled down, got a little better. So we'll see on the offense, but I, th- I don't think we saw a lot from them offensively.
0: Yeah. I think that was the the thing that I have in my mind as I'm looking forward to the Ohio state game. With that said, Brown, basically 50% completely eh, a little bit better, probably about 60% completion rate. Um, a touchdown, no picks. So, you know, no, no picks on his end. I just, whoo. Um, you know, and, and possibly Cristobal listened to this podcast because they put up 172 yards on the ground. But, but I think the thing that makes me a little bit worried is Fresno State's defense was not good, and yeah. the fact that we're grinding to 31 points, um, even with a vanilla playbook, and that's kind of you know just allowing that team to get back into the game and and scrap. Uh, I don't know, man. I I wish I wish this would have been more like 42 you know, 20 because, uh, I still thought that Fresno state was going to put up points. I just wasn't quite certain whether or not Oregon was going to be able to just drop, you know, just step on the throat and they didn't. And that, that gives me some pause. I still think they're the best team in the Pac-12 North because holy Moses, we'll go through the Pac-12 North here shortly. But, um, but nationally, I just, mm, I would have liked to see a little bit more. Um, we'll see. This is a big away game that they have coming up, but you know, it just, it they did get away with a win and, uh, you know, it's on to the next one. But I, I just wish I would have seen more on the offensive side.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, I, I think that they're going to have their hands full keeping up with the Buckeyes um, and they're really going to need to be a lot sharper than we saw.
0: Yeah. Johnny Johnson, you know, three receptions, 76 yards. Micah Pittman got his hands on about three balls. And, um, and shout out to Verdell and Dr and die though. I mean, they were able to put up uh, significant yards against a really bad, a really bad Fresno state run defense, but they were still able to do it, which I think is a really good sign. So we'll see what they're able to do against the front seven of Ohio state. Uh, anything else on Oregon?
1: No, no. I mean, it's, it, it was, I mean, it was a bit of a disappointing performance, but, uh, on the bright side, they got out with a win at home.
0: Okay. I want to go to Stanford next. Cause I'm so mad about this game. i mean i was just like
1: i didn't expect the offense to be as bad but like oh my god i feel like i saw the defense coming
0: well so okay so this is why i'm frustrated right they held kansas state to 24 and it's not like kansas state has a, a just a monster offense so I actually thought they would give up more points to Kansas State and I and I um I actually bet the over. This was the one. So I killed it on when I was in Vegas, I killed the over unders. This was the one that I lost because I assumed that Stanford was going to be better and here's why. I thought Tanner McKee was going to get this job running away and I had a moment to hedge this bet when the news came out that it was going to be a two system quarterback for <laughs> for Stanford and I just went Oh no, (laughs) because that meant that Tanner McKee did not beat out Jack West in camp and Jack West is not good. And he's better than um, like, like basically anybody, but 50 other people in the world, uh, at being that that are in college at being a quarterback. But, um, when it comes to leading the, the, uh, Cardinal offense, that is just, he's just not that good at it. And we just saw that because they trotted him out and I'm like, ah, crap, because I really thought McKee was going to be the one that was going to be leading the offense and West was eight for 12, but man, he was like, even his shovel passes, Rob were slow and methodical. I'm like, what on earth am I watching? This is not what I signed up for. And I should have just hedged when that news came out, but I thought, well, you know, like it's probably going to be McKee, but then West came out and I just, I knew I had lost that bet immediately. And this whole offense was a total mess. Forty-five yards rushing. What on earth? With Austin Jones, you got Smiths kid. You know, Emmett Smiths kid is out there. Nathaniel Pete. Um, this was just a a travesty. I mean, it was really really awful. And we thought that the defense was going to be the problem, and it, and it was also a problem. But the offense yeah. was just a mess.
1: Yeah, I mean, I th- like I I do think that there are, and there are still some folks out there who, for some reason, believe Stanford is going to like line up and like do that intellectual brutality, run the ball down your throat. I mean, I guess run UCLA's offense now, but that's not the case with, with, I mean, you know, we were, they really need the quarterback to be the engine of the offense and the way this offense runs, um, you know, McKee, you know, really should have, man. I mean, he played better than, yeah. than West. Yeah. Um, and, and McKee really, I, I don't think that I do expect him to get this. I mean, to get the start, um, you know, against USC, but I mean that's 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 your main, I mean, really, in a lot of ways, like your main problem right there. I mean, I think you take away those two interceptions from from west and you're probably talking about them being within, I mean, maybe getting to to 14 points I mean, that's not a lot of points, but um, you know, but they I was I was amazed at how, you know, because Kansas State, there is no way they prepped i mean they prepped for you know the stanford that they've seen on tape for the last 3 seasons so there's no way that kansas state like expended a ton of time prepping for stanford's run game you know <laughs> and, <laughs> and they still shut them down i mean <laughs> just i mean they did not invest like there. they didn't invest a lot of resources into it they didn't you know load up the box or anything like that and they were able to still just shut down this run game and that's a bummer because, I mean, we talked to – I mean, Stanford still recruits really well on the offensive line. They are just terrible at run blocking.
0: Oh, they were rushing three and got home multiple times. I mean, it was yeah. just really, really depressing. And and Austin Jones was nine for 25. I mean, holy goodness. This was just a total mess. Uh, Nathaniel Pete, three for three. I mean, they just were all over that running game. And you're right. Like, McKee was better, but McKee, McKee wasn't great. He just yeah. – you know, West was so bad and just bad reads, bad picks, um, just hesitant all across the board. And that really, like, I looked at my Stanford over four and a half and I'm like, well, that one's done. <laughs> like, There's no yeah. way that they're going to be able to get there with the offense that they have right now. The, the one thing that gives me a little bit of hope is the fact that McKee can hopefully get his act together a little bit because he was accurate. He just wasn't really throwing down the field a ton. But I mean, w- when West like, I forget who it was, and this has happened like three times with Shaw, where he just picks the wrong quarterback. And the one that comes to mind was Kevin Hogan was uh, the quarterback, and I forget who the guy in front of him was, but he was just hot hot. I mean, he was just really bad. And you just go, there has to be another quarter. You have three, four-star quarterbacks behind this guy. Not one of them is better. And then and then Hogan comes in and saves the season. And I think I had like the Stanford over on the win total. So I was particularly salty about it because i was just watching this offense going, oh my gosh. But uh, not, not just that, but like McKee is probably going to be a B minus. And I was expecting a B plus or a B with a B running game and that running game looks like it's a D plus right now. Now I'm, you know, that, that's overreaction. They're, they're going to get better as the season goes along, but my whole projection of Stanford was really riding on, well, they're going to put up points and the defense is trash, but they're, they're, they're going to be able to outgun people in some of these games. And that that might not be the case. And Rob, you take a look at Kansas's Kansas State's offense. It's not like this was a juggernaut and they kind of were able to not do whatever they want, but like they were clearly in control of this game the entire time. Oh, Deuce
1: Vaughn had a game.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, Deuce Vaughn was legit. <laughs> like, yeah, like,
1: they they ran the ball pretty well, and Skylar Thompson did enough running the ball um, to also you know like to be a threat there, and, and he made him pay when he threw. Um, I think, I mean, to your point, like I you know with McKee, you know like. Kansas state, like just gave them, gave them a lot underneath and Stanford without Fahoko. I think, I think they really, that that's the part of their offense that they're really going to have to work on. I think is, you know, trying like the wide receiver room. Cause they've had some pretty good wide receivers the last couple of seasons. I mean, I don't, I'm I'm not saying like McKee, you know, or West suddenly light the world on fire with better, you know, with like marginally better wide receivers. But I also think that I don't think either of them is going to get you there the wide receivers that we saw right like if if kansas state is more than willing to give give you you know whatever you want underneath um and you're still not getting first downs even though you're completing most of your passes like you're in trouble
0: which is depressing because they got a lot of blue chip talent at the wide receiver spot and at the tight end spot so my yeah. assumption was okay like some of these you know some of these guys will flame out but some of these guys are gonna be really good and we'll, we'll just have to see you know what, what i'd like to see when they play USC is a calm quarterback and, and, you know, that's just competent enough where I can determine whether or not the wide receivers are good or not. And I think going back and forth between two quarterbacks is just really freaking frustrating. And, um, and I'm not surprised because it's, it's Shaw, but um, I mean, every time like the, 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 when Wes walked out, like this is it, this is, this is the game. Um, And, and I was right. And, uh, and here we are. So hopefully, Hopefully they're able to put it together against USC, but this whole game was just a, a pure just head stomp, you know, by by Kansas State, which is really depressing because it's Kansas State. <laughs> like these are yeah. a lot of JUCO and transfers and like, you know, mid mid-tier talent with a with a coach that just outplayed and outcoached Stanford. And um it might be a long season for the Cardinal. Oh no, I
1: agree. I mean, they got four sacks. You know, and like that's one thing too is like the offensive line hasn't normally been this bad at pass blocking. You know, like this was this, they've normally been pretty decent at that. So, I mean, like I said, I don't think McKee and West are going to light the world on fire, but you know, like Stanford's going to have to get them some more help, some better blocking, and you know, some better play out of the wide receivers.
0: I think I'm also particularly salty about this game because it was the first game of the day and I was on the over. And I'm like, oh no, the whole day is totally screwed. And then, and then after that, it was just all the way. It was you know nothing but Millhouse. Like you know, everything's coming up Millhouse at the end. Uh, but that first yeah. game really left a sour taste in my mouth. And I'm just thinking, did is everything that I thought wrong? Then um, that wasn't necessarily the case because because Rob, um, Purdue beat Oregon State, and that under which was so stupid. Six it, that under went to sixty eight and a half. And I'm oh, like, really? yeah, and I'm going Sam Neuer on the road. Am I an idiot? I'm just looking at this number and I went, I went in again. So I, I, I bet it, it was my biggest bet. And then I, and then I doubled it because I just thought the line was so dumb that I thought maybe I was missing something. And then I finally, like I, I, you know, I did some yoga. I was outside, no, but <laughs> I just kind of thought about it a little bit more. I'm like, okay, no, no, this is a stupid line. I'm going to take the under, um, Purdue 30, Oregon state 21 that first drive for Oregon state was pretty fun, right? I think there was a flea flicker and like, you know, Jonathan Smith is kind of moving and grooving. Um, but even then I just thought, mm, that that's a lot of, that's a lot of work. It, it's like a, I think we, I made a car, like a Carl icon joke last week, but basically it was like a lot of, a lot of complicated webs to just get to seven points. And I thought, I, I'm, I'm, I don't think they're going to score that many points, and behold, they didn't. Uh, Sam Neuer, ten for 21, 94 yards, no touchdowns, and one pick. Uh, Chance Nolan, we had a Chance Nolan sighting, which is which is not really a great sign. The one thing I should mention, Rob, is he that he was
1: a lot like that offense. Though was a lot better with Nolan man.
0: Well, yeah, ten which yards was per pass,
1: something to see. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, <that's true. laughs> because they, I mean, because they were they were bad with Neuer. Oh like, yeah, Neuer, 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 really like. I will say there were points in that game where Neuer certainly looked like a more uh physically competent quarterback than we saw at Colorado. Um, but like when forced to and it wasn't all his fault. I mean, Purdue was in that backfield the whole game. Yeah. Um, you know, but Nolan got the ball out better, you know. It, it was it was a it was a really rough it was a really <laughs> rough game for the Beavers. Uh, offense. And then, I mean, really too, I mean, they were still in it all the way through all the way down to the end, but then the defense, you know, couldn't hold Purdue, you know, down, but I mean that fourth down call by Jonathan Smith um, and Lindgren, you know, it was fourth and one, they were, I think only down by three points Um, and they went with a play action uh, deep pass and they did. (laughs) So they did get single coverage but the guy going deep was like tiny, like I don't even was know it how Fleming? tall he was. But like I think that the guy, I think that the guy covering was like head and shoulders taller than him, and uh, just basically reached his arm up and knocked the pass. I mean, it was just it, you only needed a yard, and I get it. Like it is tempting to take that shot um, right there, but like you don't, you don't need the touchdown. I mean, in Smith, I feel like has done this a few times, like just. You know, like goes for the throat. You know, at all times in a way, and like I dig it. Like you know, yeah, that's like, what it's, won Notre it's...
0: Dame the game, right? <laughs> against yeah, uh, against Florida State. Yeah,
1: but I mean, it just it just felt like it was such a bummer because the game just flipped after that. Like Oregon State was was being able, you know, they had been able to move the ball. um They started to figure it out in the second half and and match. um You know, Purdue. You know, in that fourth quarter, you know, they had two touchdowns and then just. I mean after Nolan came in and then that just stopped him dead.
0: I think the thing that makes me really, really worried about Oregon State is that they just got nothing on the ground. Right. Like yeah. Trey Lowe, the South Carolina transfer got the you know six carries for 27 yards, BJ Baylor, nine carries for twenty-four and if there's one area where you thought that they would be able to, like, if you were going to take, like I I gave the points, right. I thought Purdue was going to win. I don't trust an Oregon state team on the road, particularly with Sam quarter, Sam Neuer as the quarterback. Um, but, but if there was, there was a case to be made that they'd be able to run the ball with a, a really solid historically offensive line coach with somebody that, um, was able just to have a cohesive unit. And then with a South Carolina transfer and BJ Baylor and Sam Neuer trucking people, like that kind of was where I thought I could lose this and that didn't happen. 85 yards total on the ground and, and against a really bad rush defense. And I think, I think it might, this, this might be a tough year here for the the Beavers because this, this was, I understand like on the road only lose by a touchdown. But Purdue is not a great team, and there's going to be way better rush defenses in the Pac-12, and uh, and just with Neuer at the quarterback, I'm, and I'm sure – I want to apologize to uh, Tristan Jebia, to Tristan Jebia's family, to Tristan Jebia's pets, uh, because <laughs> I think he's injured, right? Like we would have seen him in this game rather than Nolan if, yeah. if he was actually healthy.
1: Yeah, I agree. I mean, I like, I, I don't – I mean, I, I'm interested to see what <clears> – <throat> Or you know, if Oregon State is able to put together, cobble together a competent run game, you know they did look a little bit better running the football in that fourth quarter, but man, before that, I mean they've struggled for really until Nolan got in. The game. Um, they really, really struggled, um, and I, 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 I am like I think Mahalcheck, their offensive line coach, is really good, but he's got his work cut out for him.
0: Yeah, yeah, this was this was pretty brutal, uh, and and we'll see what what they're able to do. I just thought this was a fascinating game. I'm glad it happened. Um, there's just been these kind of lower tier conference games between the big 10 and the big 12, and the pac 12 that are just super fun. And it's a really good barometer of where these teams are. And I just don't, um, I just don't think with the quarterbacks that Oregon state has that they're going to get there. And that's a bummer because if Jebbia was the quarterback um, I, I, I just would have been more um, hesitant on taking the under and I would have been more hesitant on, um, on this podcast I didn't bet this game because uh, I just didn't quite know where either of these teams were but I did bet heavily on the under um, and that was because I knew Neuer was the quarterback and Jebby wasn't there and I just hope he gets healthy because uh, this offense needs him
1: yeah yeah they they definitely they need Jebby and Nolan wasn't bad filling
0: in but I
1: don't think you want to write out the whole
0: season with them all right let's not let the people hanging Rob we have we have other games to get to but we got to talk Washington um and like <laughs> this is this game was so I mean there are other there are other bad losses still <laughs> to cover too. Oh my God you're right. it's just so so bad. Um, look, we told you and this is just one game all right this is just one game um, but don't say we didn't warn you about this right because we've gotten pushback from Washington Washington fans about uh, O'Donovan and like Bob Gregory and like and I, I do think that I do think the majority to be fair, The majority of smart Washington fans looked at both of those hires and thought, huh, (laughs) like, I don't know. I don't think that, but you know, like, and I've been there before, right? I thought Kevin Sumlin was going to be a good coach at Arizona. So I totally understand, right? Like it's your team. You can paint a rosy picture for what things are going to be. But if you are a team that has national title aspirations and you want to get to the playoff and you want to, you know, compete for championships and you have the resources, the, the, like, coordinators matter they matter so much in this matter oh my god and he made some really bad decisions um it is possible rob that they just did not plan for this game at all all they did was focus on the the game on the road at michigan in ann arbor um but with that said like this was just a disaster this was so much disaster all over all over like it it (laughs) Can't even like and I saw unfortunately I didn't watch this game live because I was at the Arizona BYU game. Um, but I was following it and I'm just going, you've got to be freaking kidding me. The fact that like, you can't score on this team. They scored seven points. Dylan Morris threw 46 times for 225 yards. That's freaking bonkers, Rob.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and three picks. <laughs> I mean, like, I mean, to, to be sitting there. And I mean, I, and I think, you know, we, we certainly do have questions about the Gregory hire. We're not, I'm not losing like a ton of sleep over that one too much. Like, and I wouldn't, if I was a Washington fan, but the, the one that we definitely had a lot to say about when it was made. And I've had a bit to say about it since, uh, you know, is the Donovan hire. And I mean, they (laughs) Dylan Moore's averaged less than five yards per attempt. Yeah. And then you think, well, maybe they could run the football against (laughs) Montana, (laughs) Montana. And oh my God, they could not. I mean, and even like, you know, and I think Richard Newton is a banger, you know, like he is a physical guy. He had 3.6 yards per carry against an FCS team. Like how? bad is Washington's. I mean, we banged on this a little bit. Like, I don't think, I I don't, I I think Washington's offensive line coaching hasn't been great for a couple of years. Um, But it really, like the bottom fell out in this game because not only did they struggle to run the football, I mean, they got, they got doubled up, almost doubled up by Montana running the football. (laughs) I mean, Washington, I mean, this is counting in the sacks, of course, is you know only got 65 yards rushing but Montana only I mean ended up with 127 but I mean they also gave up three sacks to Montana. I mean that's I mean whew, that is embarrassing. Um this offense which we had questions about like just it's it is hard to like and Lake will absolutely have the players attention. <laughs> This week, <laughs> it is still hard to imagine them fixing this i think that they can look more competent in michigan but it is hard to imagine them fixing this
0: yeah I, the bottom is like uh, clearly fallen out but i do think that they have enough talent to like not throw up all over themselves in conference play but you yeah. go through this and now you got to go on the road against a michigan team that needs this win more than anything in the world. Like I do not trust this coaching staff. I do not trust this offense and I do not trust Dylan Morris. This is the same reason that I bet, uh, or that, that like I, I wanted Purdue. Cause I just like, I need to see a team that has their act together, go on the road and take care of business. And this is not this team. (laughs) And you're right. You're right. Like, you know, you mentioned the Bob Gregory hire. I still think it was a dumb hire, but you know yeah. Lake is the defensive coordinator they held Washington or Montana to 13 points like blah 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 but they're going to go up against a team that's going to really challenge this defense and if you are if you are a team that wants to make the next step and you've mentioned this before Rob this is the era of big offense you have to get away from this like 3 yards in a cloud of dust stuff i mean like you t- and, and here's a perfect example you look at Washington that scored 7 points that tried to throw the ball 46 times, you know, like mostly three, three hard pass attempts. Um, and then you look at Jay Kaner that just dropped 24 in Oregon and you go like, right. Who's the problem? It was, it was it Jay Kaner or was it your ability to like understand who your good quarterback is? Because I did oh, not. No. If you put Kalen
1: DeBoer, Fresno state's offensive coordinator yeah. and head coach yeah. as the offensive coordinator, at Washington. And DeBoer was really good at Indiana too, and Indiana's fallen off offensively since he left. If you put the him in charge of this kind of talent that you
0: have at Washington, Washington scores fifty in this game. I believe that. I don't know I if mean, they do like, with Morris. I that that's the thing. I don't know if they do. I just don't think Morris is the answer. And the fact that they left, they they let Hainer leave.
1: They got a five-star on the, on the bench, you know, he's a freshman, but like you could be Texas starting a five-star and I'm sure Kalen DeBoer would get something out of him. Plus you'd probably put up more than 65 yards from
0: rushing. And so, and some of this is, is like, right. You go out and you beat a trash Arizona team and you wear your run the damn ball hat. Like it's just, you know, how much, how much you, you act like you've been there before and, and establish a track record first. And I get it. You're trying to build culture and all that stuff. But like, if your culture is, we don't want to throw the ball. Like, okay, good luck. You know, like, it's just, it was such a stupid well, they had move. to
1: throw here. Cause they couldn't run the ball.
0: Yeah. I mean, they could not run the ball at all.
1: And then, I mean the, the, the worrying sign, I think if you are Washington is just like, we talked about like the offensive line, right? Cause that's not yeah. an easy fix, right? Like if you're getting beat up front, by an FCS school, like you are in serious trouble. Um, and Michigan, like, I don't know that we're going to talk about Michigan being anything really special this season, but like they've, they've absolutely got better players in Montana. You yeah. know? Yeah. And, and, <laughs> and coaches in Montana. I mean, like, I mean, th- I thought the defense was fine in this game for Washington, right? Like, you know, your, your big problem, your biggest problem is, you know, like they, if they, if you, if Montana scored 13 and Washington scored 35, you, we wouldn't, you know, like it, we'd say the defense was fine. Like the defense was fine. The offense was just gone awful.
0: It was terrible. And, and we'll, we'll see. I mean, like that, that game, oof, oof, buddy, like if I'm a Washington fan, I am just, uh, I'm on eggshells here. But Rob, we have any more, any more, you know, comments on this Washington game before we go to the last three here?
1: No, I mean, I just feel like I don't want to like pile, like, cause I, I, I like, I, I'm friends with a lot of Washington fans on, on the Twitter machine. I don't want to pile on you. This sucks. This has to feel really miserable. Um, and I, you know, we're rooting for you. We'll be, uh, we will be having a cookout at my place to watch the, <laughs> to watch the, the Washington Michigan game. Uh, you know, later in that night, you know, on the night next Saturday, and we will definitely be pulling for you guys to bounce back.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, again, there there is some talent there. Um, If there's, if there's, like, if you're going to look on the bright side, right? You, you probably went really vanilla here. You tried to save everything for Michigan, and let's see if you can, you know, pull out all the stops to get some Michigan.
1: point. They had to stop being vanilla, right? <laughs> <laughs> like, That's
0: true, yeah. At some point, you have to be like, "Well, crap, this isn't working." <laughs> so. <laughs> Uh, yeah i guess that's why they had morris throw like 46 times yeah no i totally hear you there um all right we have we like clearly this was the most shocking loss but there are two other shocking losses that we have to talk about and let's (laughs) do it right after this all right we are back we have three more games to cover here we have cal we have arizona and we have friggin' washington state rob where where do you want to go here (laughs) let's do let's do cal okay um. Also, a gut wrenching loss here. The the Golden Bears, seventeen Nevada twenty two, and I knew that Nevada was going to be able to throw the ball right. Three hundred twelve yeah. yards to the air, two touchdowns and interception from uh, Carson Strong, who is a NFL pick. We had talked about this as a possible trap game on our trap preview. With that said, I kind of thought, well, you know, like this is something to put on the radar because I thought the spread was going to be like seven or 10 and it was three and a half. I thought, well, you know, Cal's secondary has traditionally been the strength. Nevada can't run the football. So, you know, this is kind of strength on strength. And I just assumed that the Bill Musgrave offense was going to be a little bit better. Nope. Nope. Not one bit, Rob. This was a, this was a disaster.
1: Yeah, this is, I mean, this Nevada defense was really bad. So, and we talked about in the preview, right? That this is like, and that's one of the things that I still led me to believe in the Bears in this game was that Nevada's defense was horrendous. And, oh my gosh, Cal had a real bad game offensively. I mean, it's not quite the disaster that Washington had offensively, but if you're a Cal fan, this should be a big red flag because Nevada does not have a good defense. Garbers would looked very pedestrian in this game. Uh, they were not super successful running the football either uh, here. And then Nevada, I mean, I'm in my, the back of my head, I really want to make a joke about Marcel Yates now coaching at Cal in the secondary, but they were, <laughs> they were really, they were really able to throw the football, you know, and they, you know, and Nevada too, I mean, got some, I mean, they got some pressure. They, they did manage to get through, through some pressure um, and we'd had some questions about Cal's offensive line coach, but I mean, this is this is a rough one I mean, for Cal. I mean, I, I, you, you should absolutely, if you're a Pac-12 team, you're going to give up some points to Nevada. You should be able to put up 35 points against this Nevada team.
0: Yeah, that was the that was the problem, right? Like, and that's why I took the pick. I thought, you know, Nevada's going to get theirs, but it's not going to be. They're not going to put a 40 burger on. <laughs> on Cal and they did not right. 22 points. Isn't terrible for a defense against a really good quarterback. They had some pretty good wide receivers there. Um, yeah. but when you, but, but then even taking a step back, right, they let three different receivers get more than 75 yards. So like that, that's also a warning flag there. Um, yeah. they did hold Nevada to 75 yards on the ground and, and it seemed like they started to run the ball more and then they stopped and they kind of really tried to get those passes in. And I like Arbers. I like, I, of all the teams that lost this this uh week I'm more bullish on Cal because I I have seen it from Garbers before still <laughs> 38, 38 throws for less than 200 yards um less than 5 yards a pass with a touchdown and a pick that's not going to do it if you like clearly the north is wide open right now I mean maybe that's an overreaction but um the North looks wide open right now. And if Cal had an offense that just crushed it, would be like, all right. Or, or even was just a B I'd be like, okay. All right. Like this Cal, you know, you might be able to run on him, but they're going to throw the ball a little bit. And my goodness. Now, now the one, the one good thing is the rushing offense had 150 yards. Damian Moore, you had the Brooks, the Brooks brothers, right. To Carlo Brooks and Chris, I don't know if they're actually related, but um, you had two guys that, that ran for about 75 yards on five carries. So like there was, there was a lot of, production on the ground um but there should have been right this is the nevada defense so what happens when they play ucla or you know a team that actually can stop the run this could ah man this is a bad this is a bad result
1: absolutely i mean to be clear like i would feel better about this game if i were a cal fan if they had put up you know 150 more yards and lost because they turned the ball over and ended up minus two on turnovers, minus three on turnovers. They were even on turnovers with Nevada. They just got beat. (laughs) They just got beat. Um, And I don't, I don't think that there's a tremendous amount that you can feel good about. This wasn't just mistakes. Like, um, you know, they absolutely are going to have their work cut out for them and they, man, like it does not get a lot easier if you're Cal. (laughs) (laughs) because um you know because they get tcu and who can run the ball (laughs) like that's the yeah and if you think i mean if you think nevada has a good defense like gary patterson is waiting (laughs) nevada doesn't have a good defense
0: so the the only good thing and and it's not not really a good thing is uh jeremiah jeremiah hunter right that tight end i think a four-star kid that came in um he had two catches for 35 yards and a touchdown, but I'm glad he got it, right? Like he's on the board, which is good. But yep. if that's the best news of this game, that is uh that just kind of shows how depressing of a result this for for Cal. I mean, I just this was a team, Rob, that you and I were kind of interested in and intrigued by because last year the COVID problems and you just didn't yeah. quite know what you got. Um, but I kind of knew that the the lines are not as great as I would uh would like if Cal was going to compete for the North. And so now you have like some lines that are shaky and you don't have the offense. And that is a problem. I just, you know, I hope that they're able to bounce back. The spread is double digits against TCU. Maybe they, but the other thing too, is like, I don't think they were hiding that much, right? Like they knew Nevada was going to be able to put up points, So they kind of had to open the playbook a little bit and they just like, they couldn't.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, on some of these, like I want to be clear, like, I don't think like we talked about with, Um, you know like I don't think that this is like a case where Washington or Cal was like sitting on a bunch of good plays like at the game as the game stayed close they probably had to open things up you know and it didn't work
0: my goodness anything else on Cal
1: Uh, no like (laughs) but here's the thing like it's not going to be a It bowl against TCU because TCU's got you know Meacham in as their new offensive coordinator and they're, they're a little bit more interesting offensively.
0: Oh, and their quarterback's going to run. I mean, he can run, he can pass. He's, yeah. he's I mean, he's not a devastating passer, but yeah, that's going to be... Yeah. I mean, it's not like going to be a 7... I mean, it might be 10 points from Cal, but TCU probably is going to put up at least 21 on them, and, um, and they're going to need to be able to put up some points, uh, particularly yeah. on the road. Let's go to uh, Washington State. Um, did this team just straight up give up? I mean, like that... Right. This Utah state team is so bad. Like is Weber state better than Utah state? Like that, that, that is a question up for debate and Washington state, like (laughs) I'm so frustrated. So Rob, like this was another, I I lost three. I, I went, I think eight and three in Vegas. The three losses I had were the Stanford over. Um, I took temple and then I took, um, and then I took the Washington state, uh, spread. And two of the th- – this was frustrating. Two of those games I had a chance to hedge out from because when I saw that Jared Guarantano was the starting quarterback from Washington State, I said, oh, no. <laughs> like I, and I actually talked about this. There's another podcast called, like, the um, No Truck Stop. They, they cover back 12. And, um, and I actually mentioned to them I might hedge out of this. But, Rob, Utah State is such a bad team that I thought, well – I mean, all they need to do is throw it to, you know, their, like, if they can get a couple wide receivers open. And I saw Rolovich do this at Hawaii where they were throwing it to, like, some 5'10 guys that were just fast. And I forget the guy's name right now. He had an awesome year last year. And I really liked watching him. Max Borgi's back. And I'm like, you know what? Utah State against a revamped defense, whatever. Right. I'll just, I'll just write it. I'll just write it and see what happens. And they didn't just lose They're like, they didn't just, like, not cover. They lost. To Utah yeah. State, one of the worst teams in uh in like the not even the Power Five in the Group of Five, <laughs> this is awful. Right. right.
1: Not only did they lose to Utah State, they lost to Utah State at home, plus one on turnovers. Oh, <laughs> so Utah State spotted them home field and a turnover, and the Cougs coughed it. Um, I mean, sitting there uh, like the to give up. You know, 222 rushing to Utah State, Ugh. and and their top back Tyler averaging six a carry. I mean, that's rough. You know, I mean that we talked about that. You know, we're not sure where the defense is going to be. It does not look good because and Utah State threw the ball. I mean, it's not as if they like. I mean, they didn't light it up, light it up throwing the ball, but they threw for more yards than Washington State did. <laughs> you know. Um, and that, I mean, and that, I mean, to, to get, they got out, I mean, Washington state was out gained, you know, like it's, this could have been, you know, if not for the other Utah state, you know, Utah state turnovers, you know, they, this could have been a, a 10 point, you know, win for the Aggies on the road. You know, I just, this Utah state team is still really putting it together again, you know, out of the hole that they were left in. I just, I'm not, I, I now I do say like they, they got a good coach, you know, in the Arkansas State coach that they got. Um, but it didn't, it didn't look like it. Really, just doesn't look like they have got it figured out offensively. Delora was better than uh, Grantano, but man, it's raw. I mean, I just, I don't, I, It's hard to see this Washington State team suddenly being really competitive in the Pac-12.
0: No, I'm, um, I'm now, wondering if they just gave up, right? Like with yeah. all the culture stuff, like. Do you think that was it?
1: I mean, you got to worry. I mean, you really do have to worry, I think, too. I mean, if you look at the stats, like not everybody reports QB hurries terribly well, but um, so it's a it's a stat that like you probably you'd much rather get from like pro football focus who's, who's doing a better count than the stadium statistician was. But two sacks from from Utah State, um, you know, three QB hurries, um, you know, they really and they didn't they had no sacks. <laughs> Of their own. <laughs> um, they really struggled. I mean, I just, I, I i don't think you're necessarily wrong. I mean, I just, it doesn't feel like, I mean, and I i don't know that I, I mean, I worry that I am trying, that I am taking the general Rolovich controversy, you know, and applying it to like maybe, maybe he's, you know, the locker room isn't that great either. But I mean, he just got, I mean, the guy that he, you know, had that awful phone call with last year, he just filed a lawsuit against Rolovich. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, this is this is not going well. Um, and they're, as I recall, I'm trying to remember their rest of their schedule. But it's...
0: They have BYU.
1: They have an FCS game next. And they
0: have Portland State, which they might lose. Like, <laughs> Who does
1: Portland State play relatively close, I thought, last week? Anyway, yeah, it's not it's this isn't they just I don't know what to do about this team right because it doesn't it doesn't feel like a quarterback they're firing in all cylinders and then I just don't know that they're going to get enough out of Borgie to, to to offset it
0: yeah this is like losing to UMass or UConn I mean that's how bad of a team Utah State was um like there were yeah. there were multiple FCS teams that would have would have knocked off Utah State last year I mean this is just such a bad loss. one you know Webfoot um uh or on Twitter asked us who loses their head coach first, Washington or Washington state it's Washington state and it's not close. <laughs> like it's just yeah, like this, he no, might get fired halfway rush with that. Yeah.
1: I don't, th- I mean, I think Jimmy Lake can absolutely fire John Donovan and make a decent hire and like keep the, keep the bus going for at least another two years. But Rolovich could get fired this year, especially if he, like, if he, you lose to Utah state, and you're like in negotiations with your university president over the governor's vaccination order for state employees,
0: <laughs> and you're being what sued you do- by a former player. Yeah, like, what are you doing? Yeah, it's it's really really bad. Uh, and, and we'll take a look. Like we'll know how bad it is against Portland State, right? If because if that game is close, this team has quit and fade the tar out of these guys for the rest of the year. I mean, like th- that's how bad yeah. of a loss this is. Um, you know, but one thing, Max Borgi, 11 for 86 and a touchdown. He had 27 yards, uh, through the air. You mentioned Delora being better than Guantano, and like you're right, but still, he was almost 50% completion rate, but he was at least willing oh, yeah. to throw the ball like four four or five yards down the field. He, he averaged seven yards per uh, throw. Um, but, ugh, it, this is just, this is just bad. Um, Calvin Jackson also had a good game, but other than that, it, this is, this is really rough. And the defense is just, Like, right. That was kind of what we were hanging our hat on a little bit would be, you know, right. The defense, the the talent is bad, but with a good coordinator. Yeah. Yeah. It's the opposite of Utah state. I mean, like, like this was the exact opposite of the way that we saw this, right. Where, Hey, a really good coaching staff, but Holy Moses, they have no horses to work with. Um, Yeah. (laughs) And they didn't, but they still were able to win this game. Oh God. All right. Let's get to the last game here, Rob. And I was at this game, BYU, uh, knocked off Arizona, 24 to 16, you know, I don't want to look too far into the future for our, uh, preview or our rev- uh, preview podcast. Yeah. For, for week two. Um, I just don't think this BYU team is all that good. Th- there was, there was, um, I, I guess here's a couple things. Well, actually let, let, what do you, what did you think about this game? Cause I was there. And I think sometimes when you're at the game, it. It kind of warps what you're seeing on television. Plus you have some of the commentary and so there's just stuff that you don't catch. What would you think about Arizona's performance against BYU?
1: So I I do think, I mean, compare like unlike what you would say for say Washington State from last year, like Arizona was better than the team that we last saw last season, right? I mean, getting worked by Arizona State. I thought that they were the the past defense at least uh, at the very least with um, now BYU didn't have their a plus wide receivers for this game, but I thought the pass defense was better. Uh, The big concern of course was that I don't think Arizona like got a lot of pass rush going. Even when Brown was sending extra blitzers in the Arizona's guys were getting picked up and they were unable to win for the most part in one-on-one. Um, they struggled. I think the difference in the game wasn't Hall's passing. Uh, It was that Arizona couldn't seal the edge. I mean, they really got beat at the edge in the run game um, by BYU. And I do, I do think BYU has got a decent offensive line. And I, I I like Algier as a, as a running back, (sighs) like and Cruz ended up with a decent stat line.
0: Um, he missed so many reads though.
1: I know. Oh, but he, that was the real, the real trouble with Cruz was like, and you, I mean, if Arizona is going to have any hope, it is going to be that he is going to have to figure some things out, you know, like, and and we talked a bit, like if, if it was, it was going to feel like a lot harder year if Cruz could not get, or if the quarterback couldn't progress for Arizona, Because he did. He missed a lot. Those sacks that he took were horrible. (laughs) Just because one thing about, you know, this is, this isn't, in some ways, this isn't different than what Mazzoni was running last year. And that is Arizona's not leaving in a back to block for the most part. The back is going out into the flats, uh, you know, as, as, as an outlet. Um, And Cruz just did not have blitz recognition. Right, like he had no internal clock in his head. If he saw a blitzer coming, um, and it, Arizona really paid for it, right? I mean, those sacks were bad.
0: And I think um, the numbers, for, to your point, Rob, though, are for Cruz are a little bit inflated because Barry Hill probably had 50 yards after the catch. Like I, I think there no, was, that, that was a big thing. Yeah, I, I think that which was great, great for Barry Hill, but like I think Cruz's real numbers are probably under. Under three, you know, he, he went 34 for 45 for 336 yards. It's probably around 280, which is still okay. But that pick right. that he threw in the end zone was. Oh, no. That was, that was that, oddly enough, that wasn't even his
1: worst throw. <laughs> like, <laughs> that was the one that was picked. But he had three or four p- throws prior to that where he was throwing into double coverage. I mean, like, I thought at the end of the first half, because Arizona was really bad in the first half. Um, at the end of that first half, I was really wondering if like they had checked Cruz for colorblindness, like could Cruz see blue? <laughs> he, he made some really bad throws and that's where, I mean like, like the skill set for Cruz is there, like the physical tools, like he's a big guy. He's got a big arm. Um, you know, he's a pretty accurate passer. He makes really bad decisions and he doesn't seem to be reading terribly. Well, that's where I was like, I was a little bummed we didn't get to see more of Plummer because Plummer doesn't have the tool set. You just wonder if he re- is like, because BYU played that soft zone all night. Yeah. You know, like they, they gave Arizona a lot underneath. What I liked, what I really liked from Arizona in particular from the wide receivers and they did get uh, San Diego or San Jose State's wide receiver coach. I thought was a really good pickup for them the yards after catch were more there than we've seen for Arizona in the last couple seasons. And you can see like Arizona's receivers are doing like when they get the ball, you know, like they are looping away from a tackler, whether the tacklers there or not, and then getting a field and it, it there was there, you know, there was more yards after catch um, from that. And I, I thought that was a real plus. I just, man, like, Arizona couldn't get; they didn't; they were not able to scheme or get guys open deeper. And I, uh, I think like it was like it was BYU, you know, really sitting back and making Arizona be able to beat, beat them underneath. But I mean, if if you're if you're another team, like you know, I I'd play some. I mean, why? I mean, force Gunner Cruz to <laughs> try to figure it out because I'm not sure he's gonna.
0: Yeah, I mean, they were like I had a few beers at the game. I had a few beers at the game, and like I was watching it and just going up. Oh, that guys open that guys open that guys open ed Cruz mm-hmm. would just not see him and just go oh my gosh so i guess the glass half full would be this is is like i don't think this U, this BYU team is is very good um and i think and
1: they're going to be decent i think they will be a decent group of 5 team i don't think that they're going to be anything like they were last year
0: and maybe they were a little vanilla because they have utah next so it's it's that's possible like i i actually was pretty impressed with Arizona's defense. All things considered, right? Like what, you know, it's always relative expectations. I don't think Arizona's defense is going right. to be that good this year, but I thought they did for all all of my low expectations. They exceeded that portion to keep Arizona in the game. And so, yeah. if you project onto the offense, you go, okay, clearly there were a ton of awful reads that were made in this game. If if Arizona was able to, by the way, like I double dipped on this game. I took 11 and a half and then 13. Because um, I thought Arizona would would cover and they did, um, because you saw that offense start to move and 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 just be able yeah. to put a few things together in that second half. So you kind of think, okay, like if Cruz had seen, you know, half of those reads, Arizona might have actually won this game. Yeah, but but uh, is he actually going to do that? <laughs> like,
1: no, that's a, that's why I was really bummed that like they played. Cruz, I mean, Cruz ended up with, you know, so many, I mean, like the, the I mean, we only got to see plumber for one series. Right. And they didn't get a first down, but I mean, I just, the, I felt like Cruz just left a lot of money on the table. And also, I mean, like, I mean, like last year, the times we got to see plumber was after Ganell was hurt and the offensive line was hot garbage. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, and I like, I don't want to put it on. Like, I do think, I think because Jed Fish after the game said that the 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 sacks weren't on the line, and I think that's mostly accurate, right? Like um, those sacks were on Cruz, right? Like the line got overwhelmed. Like they sent more rushers than they sent than Arizona had blockers in, and yeah, you got to get the ball out, <laughs> and that is, and you got to you got to be able to to read that. I just like Cruz. There are so many big you know, like he could have easily had three or four picks he, and, 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 four sacks. And, you know, it, it, it is tough. I mean, uh, it, cause like, I think when you're a fan, you know, like, or, or when you're, when you, even if you're not, I mean, if you're just sitting there watching, if you're looking at the coverage, you'll see guys come open. You're just, you, you almost have to like sync it up with like wh- what would be really helpful is to have it synced up with, like a, a close up of like the QB's head. Like, where's he looking? Right. Like, what are, where are guys getting open when they're supposed to be open right in the route? Um, I'm not sure. I mean, but I, but like, given the way Cruz performed with everything else, I would bet he just missed some reads. <laughs> he just, he just, I, I was just, I'm flummoxed. I am totally flummoxed that they did not give from, for everything mistake wise we saw from Cruz. That we did not see any of the other quarterbacks really get a shot to play.
0: Yeah, it was uh, it was an interesting an interesting game. the The one thing that I took away after watching this was that that two and a half might be on the table, given all the garbage that we're seeing in this conference right now. You know, one, one oh, of the yeah. questions one of the questions we got was from Lobo Jangles, who asked, "Does U of A end their losing streak this week?" It's really possible. I, I probably will be on the Wildcats because a San Diego state's offense continues to be hot garbage. I mean, they struggled with New Mexico yes. state. You talk about bad teams. Holy goodness. Um, that was a problem, and you know if Arizona is able just to hit their reads, I think that I mean like this game's going to be like thirteen to ten or you know like twenty to seventeen or something. But there's a real chance that they actually win this game. And you're telling me after what we saw with Washington State, like that that game isn't on the, the table now. That was my one of my biggest trap games. But man, if Washington State gave up, um, anyway, I, I think they're, they're going to be moderately better than most people expect, which is still like three wins maybe on the season, maybe two. Um, but I, I actually walked away from that game thinking, okay, like I can, I can see the matrix and it's really far away and it's, it's a lot of vomit, but it's, I could see it. (laughs) No, I mean,
1: look, we talked about this, right? Like, I, I mean, Arizona, I mean, when I did the video preview for Sharp College Football, I called it year zero, right? Like, but like the one thing that stood out to me you know i i i mean, it makes you like he just wish like Grant Cannell was like instead of sitting on Memphis's bench was like <laughs> in Tucson right yeah. cuz you know the 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 coaching you know the and the play calling and uh, is is just better right and i also think that like if the linebackers were pretty good you know the safeties weren't terrible in coverage for a change <laughs> i mean <laughs> none of this is like None of this is taken like none of this is taken away. But like I think if uh, like in particular like you talked about the win total, Arizona, I don't think BYU is great. I don't think a lot of the Pac-12 is great. <laughs> I think Arizona could absolutely go in and play with Cal and Washington State. You know, like there's there's definitely like some money on the table. Like but like we. Just talked like if Cruz doesn't figure it out, and also I mean I I think BYU is going to have a better offensive line than some of the teams in the Pac-12, but I mean they they do have to find a way. Like Brown can't be sending that kind of pressure and having nobody get near the QB because Hall had you know some of the, the the times that Arizona got burned was Hall having time to throw when Arizona sent pressure and leaving you know the DBs you know really out kind of like with their necks out.
0: Yeah, I think that's probably a good. Good place to stop. We'll make sure to preview the upcoming games. And Boy, howdy, there's a lot of them. Before we sign off here, Rob, uh, just a couple of questions from listeners. Um, uh, UA Katmandu asks, and yes, I do know what a plethora is. Uh, UA Katmandu. Um, you know, were there a bunch of losses? Yes, of course there were. Um, does the UCLA win negate them? Uh, no, I, I think the answer to that is is no. It's, it's a good story for UCLA, but you need to have multiple. You know, like multiple, multiple wins for this conference to kind of claw you know back. What, you know,
1: what would make up for that weekend is Oregon beating Ohio State. That's about it.
0: Yeah, and they're like <laughs> a fourteen-point dog. So,
1: <laughs> if you want to change the narrative about the conference, right there, you need you need to like you probably like you know over the season to wash this pretty bad taste out of your mouth. Because like Washington, I think is going to get to the point where they're going to win some games in the Pac-12. And everybody nationally is going to look back and be like, oh, you got beat by Washington. You lost to Montana. But they, I, I think the, I, I think you need to have Oregon win. And then I don't think Notre Dame's that great, but like USC had better beat them.
0: Yeah, like a big uphill climb. Uh, Patton5149 asked, um, we know Washington sucked, but who looked worse in a win? I mean, <laughs> right? like, it's, I think it's them. If you, if you have to really squint, I thought Stanford just was just so lifeless in that game. But there's, there's a lot of canvas to paint with here, Rob.
1: No, yeah, I mean, Stanford is the most, Stanford's the most terrifying, right? Because like their, their entire engine has been the passing game. And to suddenly be lost quarterback wise, I think is that's a, a really big, and wide receiver wise is a really big problem for.
0: Yeah, I guess, the, I guess the last thing to mention before we sign off is like, the, you know, this was a ye- like a week of adjustments, right? We had an uncertain year last year. We didn't quite know who was good and who wasn't. Who were your biggest adjustments up and down?
1: Oh, man, like who is yeah, because like that is, that's the good question, right? Of like versus expectations, right? Yeah. So I don't know that I, like, this sounds crazy. I was high enough on UCLA. I don't know that they're adjusting up for me. <laughs> but I mean the biggest downward adjustment is Washington and uh I was really down on Stanford so I don't know that I am but I would still adjust them down some I would adjust like upward it's it's like god this is I can't believe I'm saying this it's Arizona because I had them projected at 96 I had them projected as one of the very like in like Kansas land like I don't think they're going to be like I don't think they're going to be Vanderbilt bad
0: yeah I I mean I could see that um but there's
1: no one else to adjust up because
0: like I already have UCLA I think properly rated (laughs) yeah I I came in with more variants right I thought Stanford was going to be you know win six games I thought UCLA was going to lose um enough games to not hits that seven number for the season win total. So like, and I I think this has kind of been the history of how you pick. Well, I mean, I still went five and four on the podcast. I killed it with the over, over unders. I think that's where the value is sometimes early in the year. Where it's like if you don't quite yeah. know who's gonna win, if you can figure out whether that offense and defense is good, and I think we have a pretty good handle on that. That's that's where the values are. I think that's where the values will be this week as well. Um, in addition to some maybe overreaction from Vegas on a couple games, so we'll get there. Uh, but I, I mean, I my I, I took the Washington under nine wins, um, and I'm pretty excited about that. I uh, definitely shot up like UCLA is like top three for me right now. In my mind, I have to like sit down and think about it before we make our picks uh, in a few days. But I was just really impressed all around with it. I think they're going to drop a couple games in this conference. So um, I don't think that they're, you know, a top 10 team. I think that they're probably a top 20 team. That's going to really put up some good fights against Utah and, and USC. And which is totally was not what I was expecting. I mean, I think Oregon drops like a, a rung, um, and clearly, Cal, Washington, and in Washington State, like the whole North, right? We th- I think I went in thinking that the South was interesting, but the North still was where the the power lied, and and that's flipped at least this first week. Yeah. Week, um, but it could it could just be a really bad week. I mean, that's that's the one thing. It's like next week, do not overreact. Um,
1: but I mean, like so many teams play bad. I mean, it's not like a lot. I mean, I, I mean Iowa State beat. Northern Iowa at home by six, right? Like I still expect Iowa state to be pretty good. Penn state and Wisconsin looked God awful on offense. Right. Uh I mean, there are some teams that still like met expectations, but I mean, a lot, I mean, there's just a lot, there's a lot of bad (laughs) football played (laughs) this last week. More, more so than I I think is usual. I mean, I, I think there's definitely some rust and some weirdness still to figure out.
0: Yeah, it is crazy. Um, All right. Well, hey, we will catch everybody uh, later in the week as we go through our review or our preview of uh, week two, the upcoming games, a lot to go through. Uh, Rob, thanks for jumping on and we will catch everybody in a few days.